Effect is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Heidi Murkoff, and I'm a mom on a mission, a mission to help you know what to expect every step of the way. There's no question about it. Pregnancy comes with questions. We've got you covered. Today on the What to Expect podcast, we're going to answer your biggest questions about what to expect when you're expecting. And if anyone knows what moms in the What to Expect community are asking about, it's my mom friend, Sarah, who oversees the What to Expect community. Hey, Sarah, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. So you have been literally part of the What to Expect family since day one. You live and breathe What to Expect, I would say, like no other mother. You have your finger on the pregnant pulse, and you have been behind the social scenes on What to Expect. And for anyone who ever caught us on our Instagram Lives, everybody out there, you know Sarah and I like to get into all the juicy questions. Nothing is TMI. Nothing can make us blush, but you are welcome to try. For real. I mean, we get into it. I just got to say for our listeners, it's been amazing seeing the connections that you make with moms, whether it's in person at USO showers or during our live chats. The experience is always just amazing to witness. And you often become so close with moms and their partners some for years and years. Oh my gosh, yes. Your passion for empowering moms reaches across so many platforms and borders. It's just an incredible level of support and comfort that you bring. It gives me goosebumps and all the time, like tears too. So (laughs) I'll stop my mushy, my mushy moment now because we have a ton of questions for you today. They came from our community And for our listeners that use the What to Expect app, you know we have a very active group of parents in our community. And we also do on our What to Expect Instagram page. And that's where our questions came from today. We have a variety of your biggest pregnancy questions, including symptoms and labor and delivery and so much more. And then we're going to do a speed round at the end just to get a ton of information and really quick tips. And Heidi, even though I've been doing this for a really long time, I'm always surprised by the variety of questions that we get. I like to say that nothing surprises me anymore, but then as soon as I say that, something surprises me. So therefore, there's always a twist. And no one size fits all when it comes to pregnancy experiences or when it comes to pregnant moms or babies. And the same goes for questions or answers to your questions. So we're going to have to get really, really personal. Let's do it. So speaking of personal, we're going to dive in with questions. But first, we asked our community what they thought was one important thing every expecting mom should know. And I just wanted to share this quote with you. Not to worry, everything falls into place. Believe it or not, you even begin to miss the hard days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those, <laughs> those who are listening right now who are in the throes of, I don't know, like morning sickness or having that yeah. bout of heartburn might be saying, I'm going to say nay to that. However, it might take some time. Um, 
especially if you're having a really rough ride in pregnancy, for you to look back longingly on all of those symptoms that you had. Maybe you never will, or maybe you will. But it is true. You're not going to savor every moment of pregnancy. You might even seriously hate some of the moments. But there is, no matter what, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So it's really important to keep your eye on that sweet baby price. And I think that's exactly what that mom was saying. Yeah, so true. Um, So let's get into these questions. The first mom that sent in a question said, I'm nine weeks along, but when should I actually start to feel pregnant? So you might be one of the lucky ones, and those are the ones who might not feel heartburn or nausea or vomiting. You may never have a headache. You might not even feel all that tired. If you pee a lot, you might be used to peeing a lot. So you might not even notice the difference with urinary frequency. So there isn't a single symptom of pregnancy that is a must-have that every single mom has, even not getting your period. Some moms continue to get their period during pregnancy. Um, So some moms may seem to have every symptom in the book. And just when I think I've covered every symptom in the book, I hear of a new (laughs) symptom, somebody, and and I have to add it to the book. But you might not have many or any to speak of, or, you know, even any to complain about, or, and this is just as likely, you might have symptoms that are right around the corner. But the bottom line is without symptoms, without yet feeling your baby kicking, which I know we're going to cover later, without a bump, you know, besides the bloat, (laughs) which you always (laughs) get early in pregnancy, it is so hard to actually feel pregnant. And you are not alone in this, Because I actually worried most because I didn't have symptoms. I didn't know at the time. I was just lucky. Right. So no signs isn't necessarily a bad sign. You might be lucky. Exactly. (laughs) But of course, if you have any, any concerns, you always check with your doctor or midwife. So another question that we had a lot of moms asking, and one in particular said she's 22 weeks along. Why doesn't she have a bump yet? And I know we hear this a lot. All the time, because... Here's the thing, you can't tell a baby by its cover. So you would assume the bigger the bump, the bigger the baby, not so. And every mom carries differently because every mom is built differently. First time moms might not show as early as second and third and fourth time moms, and that's because their abdominal and uterine muscles are tighter. So there's more resistance to the bump popping. Genetics plays a role, skin tone, abdominal tone. Your bump will come on its own timeline. And maybe you'll be popping soon. Maybe you'll be popping later. Maybe you'll pop overnight. Maybe it'll be gradual. You might be high, low, wide, all in front, small, large. Do not compare your bump to anybody else's bump, including your own bump in your last pregnancy. It's what's inside that counts. So if your doctor or midwife says, hey, what's inside is perfect, you know, I'm measuring your fundal height, everything is measuring right, then you're good, no matter what you look like on the outside. Yeah, I feel like the second pregnancy, I looked pregnant the second I knew I was pregnant. (laughs) Yeah, that happens all the time. Not inevitably, because again, everybody's different, but it might happen. All right, Heidi, I love this question so much. I'm pregnant and baby is constantly having hiccups. Is this safe? 
It's not only safe, it is like one of the cutest things on the planet to witness. Sarah, did your yeah. babies have hiccups? It's one of my favorite memories is just sitting there and like feeling that I don't know, it was just like such a fun connection. It Totally. And it is one of my favorite baby tricks, hands down, you know, except maybe those little hands poking out everywhere, which is also right. super cute. But it's so entertaining to watch. Your belly is just having these rhythmic, very, very rhythmic spasms, you know, and though you might not see them as early as the baby is actually hiccuping because you don't see or feel the movement as early as the baby starts moving either. Sometimes doctors can see it on ultrasound, which is pretty cool. The babies are hiccuping. Why do they hiccup? Nobody really knows for sure. Chances are it has something to do with getting those diaphragm muscles working. It's kind of like practice breathing. That's what they speculate. Some babies have them often, a few times a day. Others don't seem to have any. Either way, it's all good. Love it. I know we got this question like a million times when we were doing lives. When does your baby start kicking? And is it different in your second pregnancy? Oh, yeah. So there is such a wide range of normal when it comes to feeling baby's first kicks. It might come as early as 14 weeks. Most moms feel that first kick between 18 and 22 weeks. Sometimes moms don't know it when they feel it. Maybe they think it's gas because you certainly got lots of that when you're pregnant. (laughs) There's always that possibility. All those gastric movements can be mistaken for fetal movements and the other way around. First time moms tend not to feel it as early as second and subsequent moms for the same reason that they don't show as early. There's more resistance, so you wouldn't necessarily feel the kicks, though they are happening. You will see them on ultrasound if you get an ultrasound. Also, if you have an anterior placenta, which is a placenta that's facing the front instead of the back, that muffles a lot of the kicks. It has no clinical significance other than you're always going to be thinking, I don't feel the baby kicking One thing you don't have to worry about, for instance, you could feel your first kick at 18 weeks, not feel another one until you're 20 weeks, or you might feel them every single day from the first time you feel them. But you don't have to worry about how many times a day your baby kicks or whether baby seems quiet on one day until you get to the 28th week. At the 28th week, fetal movement should be more regular and it should be something you should be able to count and rely on. So every day from 28 weeks on, you should do a kick count. Yeah. Lie down because babies always are more likely to kick up when you're lying down. Have a glass of orange juice or or a piece of fruit to stimulate the baby. And chances are you'll feel 10 movements within an hour. And if you don't, you want to check again and then make sure you check with your doctor. But before that, it can be all over the place. All right, Heidi, before we move on to labor and delivery, I have a really good question. Which supplements other than prenatal DHA do you recommend? So for most moms, at least initially, no extra supplements are necessary beyond your prenatal that, you know, you can ask your doctor or midwife to prescribe it. There are plenty of good ones to pick off the shelf. DHA is a good ingredient in a prenatal because there's a lot of baby brain and eye development going on. There are prenatals that keep even more of your bases covered that contain iodine, which a lot of moms are short on because 
many of us don't get iodine from our salt anymore. Um, choline is great for baby brain development. And you shouldn't take anything beyond your prenatal supplement unless it's been okayed by your doctor or midwife. And that also goes for herbals. Now, in terms of other things that you might need eventually, iron stores tend to run low by week 20. And at that point, some practitioners actually start routinely prescribing an iron supplement and preferably a slow release one because slow release is easier on your digestion. I don't know about you, Sarah, but lots of moms get constipated or get nauseous from the iron supplement. A slow release one is often easier on your digestion. Vitamin D, many women are low in vitamin D and a lot of doctors are now doing vitamin D screenings early in pregnancy to see if a mom is low on vitamin D because it's a super important nutrient for baby making, especially if you have dark skin or if you wear sunscreen all the time, which blocks the absorption of the sun, then you should talk to your doctor about your vitamin D levels and whether you need extra vitamin D. Vegans might need extra B12 because B12 is only found in animal products. If you have morning sickness, if your skin is really broken out, you can ask your doctor about extra B6. Some prenatal supplements already come with extra B6. And then if you're having constipation and leg cramps, both are very common in pregnancy, a magnesium supplement might help, especially at night. And of course, a healthy diet covers the most of your nutritional bases. I wish I had known about the leg cramp help because that was like terrifying waking up in the middle of the night with the leg cramps. I didn't know what was happening. Oh yeah, (laughs) it hurts. The important thing is to flex your toes up instead of pointing your toes down. And you can even do that to ward them off. But if you have a leg cramp in the middle of the night, that's the best thing to do. Not screaming at your husband. That was what I did. (laughs) If it works, listen, I mean, whatever gets you through the night. All right, Heidi. So the questions on basically every expecting mom's minds are about labor and deliveries. Starting off, how will you know you're going into labor if you're pregnant for the first time? Okay, well, you guys probably know this story already because I tell it all the time, but I didn't know I was in labor when I was in labor for the first time. But that's only because I wasn't listening to my body. And I was one of those people who was so afraid of getting to the hospital and being turned away because I was in false labor. Don't be me. Listen to your body. Chances are, if you listen, you will know when you're in labor. Chances are you will know it when you feel it because it hurts. False labor, we worry about that. But for the most part, it should come on somewhat gradually and then increase as time goes on. Sometimes it starts and then it stops. That's super annoying. But for the most part, it should continue to get a little bit more intense more regular. If your water breaks, that's definitely a reason to call your doctor or midwife at any time, even if you haven't had any contractions, um, especially if you're preterm. Every woman feels it differently, but you'll probably feel some pressure, lower back, upper thigh, aching, butt aching, sort of feels like your period, lots of crampy feelings. You might notice a change in your discharge if we're going to get real about it. Now, one thing that you can't take to the bank, though, is the mucus plug because you could lose your mucus plug at any 
time, like three weeks out, even longer. Heidi, I was the opposite of you. I went right to the hospital right away and then had 26 hours of labor. Oh, no. (laughs) And the thing is that they are suggesting that you don't rush to the hospital because, and some hospitals won't even admit you unless you are five centimeters or sometimes in some hospital situations even more. And that's just to avoid, you know, labor at the hospital being too long and possibly leading to a C-section. Yeah, definitely. I I learned the hard way. The second time around, I took my time. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Heidi, we have another question um, that came up quite a bit. That's about round ligament pain. What is it and what do you need to do? And this is another first time mom moment of mine, I went to the ER thinking round ligament pain was like a sign of extreme danger and I needed to hurry up and go to the ER. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and I always say, when in doubt, check it out. So if you feel that pain is so intense that you need to be seen, then absolutely call your doctor or midwife and see what they say about it. What this essentially is, is growing pains. And, you know, as your belly grows, as your uterus and baby grow, the ligaments supporting your uterus stretch. And that can be a pain. They're also loosening up in in preparation for childbirth. All of this can can definitely lead to those pains that you could feel on the lower sides of your abdomen Often on both sides, it could be down near the groin too. It can be stabbing. It's usually brief. Sometimes you feel it more when you're changing positions or when you're getting out of bed, but it can happen at any time. I always suggest wearing a belly support because that can take some of the pressure off. And we're not using pelvic floor therapists enough, I believe. So if you feel that you're having a lot of pain, Check with your doctor and see if you can get a referral to a pelvic floor therapist. Another question, how can I tell if it's Braxton Hicks or contractions? So everybody who's old enough or watches the old episodes of Friends, there's one where Rachel, you know, Rachel was pregnant, right? And she goes to the hospital thinking she's in labor, but it's Braxton Hicks. Yes. And, you know, I had a lot of Braxton Hicks with Emma, which is strange because they're more common in second and subsequent pregnancies, and she was my first. They are practice contractions, like the dress rehearsal. So your uterus is contracting, not in an efficient way, not in a way that can birth your baby, but in a way that can still make you plenty uncomfortable. And what you'll feel, which is different from a labor contraction is that your belly bunches together and feels super hard and kind of pressure. You feel a lot of pressure and it's got this strange contorted look to it, your belly. And they can last just a few seconds. They can last a couple of minutes. If you're having a lot of them, like a lot, a lot, or you're noticing that you're having more than usual, and they are more common in the last trimester, you can have them anytime after 20 weeks, then definitely check with your doctor. Don't be shy. Make that phone call. So for all of the listeners that are, you know, approaching their due date and they're anxious and they're really wanting to bring on the big day, what are some safe ways for them to induce labor? Okay, so first, we, we got to keep them baking for as long as we can. As anxious as we are, 
to hold them. That said, if you are getting really close to that due date, or maybe baby has gone for the late checkout, or in my case, it was a very late checkout, there are DIY tricks that you can try at home. Most of them are safe. Um, None of them are really backed up by clinical evidence. So it's like no harm in trying these. Raspberry leaf tea, I tried that. Seemingly it worked, but that said I was nine days late. So who knows? Maybe I was going to go into labor anyway. It worked within a couple of hours. Dates. The dates that you eat, there's some evidence. You do have to eat a lot of them. I think it's like 10 at a sitting. And if you have gestational Mm -hmm. diabetes or otherwise, you know, can't handle the sweets, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. But that might speed up the process a little. Um, Sex. Uh, We've all heard of this DIY technique. And like I always say, if it works, great. If it doesn't work, still great. The same with having an orgasm for you. You're releasing oxytocin, which is actually can help start labor. Probably not in the amounts that you need, but why not? (laughs) Why not go for the gusto? Sperm has prostaglandins, um, similar but not as effective as those they use in the hospital. Those might help ripen your cervix. Um, Walking, bouncing on a ball, eating hot sauce, pineapple, Italian food. People swear by these techniques. I mean, they all just sound like really pleasant things for the most part anyway, right? (laughs) One thing you don't want to try at home is nipple stimulation. That needs medical supervision. Nipple stimulation, you'd have to actually go at it for hours and sounds like fun, not so much fun. It could cause really, really strong contractions. Again, the principle of releasing oxytocin. Um, Say no to castor oil. Just say no. Please don't do it. I know I'm surprised that topic comes up a lot still. and it's, It does because it's passed down from generation to generation, but it's got to stop being passed because it causes intense cramps that are, you know, on top of your contractions. You have intense cramps, um, diarrhea. Oh, man, you don't need that. Yeah, that sounds awful. We have a, a whole list of other alternatives. Okay, Heidi, another question. Is it true with a second pregnancy that labor is a lot faster? Yeah, so by and large, in general, all other things being equal, it tends to be shorter. What tends to be most significantly shorter is the pushing. Again, you've got that lived-in look. You're more relaxed down there. Baby faces less resistance leaving the building. So that's a good thing. But chances are you are in for an easier time. I pushed three and a half hours with Emma and just about 20 minutes with Wyatt. Oh, that sounds nice. I had the same number of hours pushing both times, but the labor was cut like exactly in half. Oh, wow. Well, that's a perk. I was a little mad about the pushing part, but at least the labor was quicker. (laughs) So we are going to get into our speed round, which we're calling Help Me Heidi in a hurry. Yes, I'll try to hurry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're going to kick off with some true or false questions and then some one word or one sentence answer questions. So true or false, labor always starts with water breaking. Oh, that is so false. 
It's true only in the movies and on TV that it happens every time. In real life, it only happens about 15% of the time before labor starts. The rest of the time, the membranes stay intact until labor has already begun. Really? Only 15%? Yep. Wow, they really ran with that storyline, huh? I know, <laughs> because it's it's dramatic, right? Yeah, Um, true or false, my baby will arrive exactly on my due date. Okay, so that's true 5% of the time. (laughs) And and the rest of the time, no. It's called an an EDD or an estimated due date for a reason. Yeah, 5% of the time, that's when your baby will arrive. And the rest of the time, who knows? I know. I feel like I've never heard of anyone that actually delivered on their due date. It does seem so rare. Uh, Okay, true or false, I have to give up blue cheese. False. Thank goodness. False. If you choose pasteurized cheese, if you know the blue cheese on your salad is pasteurized, go for it. Hair dye is safe. True or false? So kind of true-ish. There hasn't been any evidence that hair dye is, is harmful during pregnancy. That said, a lot of doctors and midwives like to play it on the safe side and say, if you can hold off until your second trimester, awesome. Many will also say that highlights are safer because the product doesn't touch your scalp, but check with your doctor. And then Heidi, what's the best sleep position? So after the fourth month, as of the fourth month, lying flat on your back is not comfortable. It's also not as safe because it compromises your circulation, puts way too much pressure from your growing uterus. The left side is preferred But truthfully, any side will do whichever you can get most comfortable on. And that's why I say bring on the pillows, lots of pillows to keep you comfortably on your side. And the other thing is, if you have heartburn, sleeping propped up is also going to help a lot. Okay, best pregnancy exercise. I mean, truthfully, it's swimming. Swimming is zero impact. It's also, you get to be weightless, so who can argue with that? Um, It even flushes out extra fluids in your body, so might help with swelling. But any any workout that you enjoy that the doctor or midwife has given you a green light on is fine, even if it's just walking. Walking is great exercise. Why has my partner gained more weight than I have during pregnancy? So that's the estrogen talking. And you're saying, guys, estrogen? Yes, guys actually experience a surge in estrogen and a drop in testosterone when their partners are pregnant. The net-net is that they end up snacking more and putting on some extra weight, especially in their bellies. I guess that's called a dad bod. I wasn't mad at it. I felt like, hey, at least I'm not the only one going through something here, right? There you go. (laughs) Uh, Weirdest pregnancy craving you've ever heard of. Okay, hands down, this has got to be Rocky Road ice cream blended with V8 juice to make a smoothie. I've heard this one only once, but it resonated. (laughs) I'm not going (laughs) to judge because I don't judge, but who knows? It could Don't knock it till you tried it. Um, The runner-up would be pizza with chocolate pudding on top. I mean, I might have to try it now just to see out of curiosity. Just to see, exactly. All right, another question. I can't eat deli meats. Tell me what I can eat at the deli. Chicken salad's fine, tuna salad, egg salad. You know, a lot of moms get tripped up by the mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is only a problem if it's homemade mayonnaise, not made with pasteurized eggs. And very few delis are going to make the mayo from scratch. Ask if you're concerned. But even then, lots of restaurants use pasteurized eggs, which are, are safe. Chicken salad that's made with 
fresh cooked chicken, so not processed chicken. A side of pickles, of course, is good in any event. Okay, we all want to know, why am I six months pregnant and in the seventh month? This gets them every single time. I can't tell you how many messages I've gotten about this. (laughs) So when you finish that full six months, then you enter, you open the door and enter into the seventh month. And the same thing with weeks. You finish up five weeks, you're entering your sixth week. It's confusing enough that you are two weeks pregnant when you first conceive, right? It's definitely strange. And then, of course, if you go full term and you're going past your your due date, then you're entering the 10th month. And that's the hardest one of all, right? I was going to say, I mean, I feel like no matter how you measure it, you feel like you're pregnant for an eternity. Like, it just feels like a really long time. All right. So before we close, I have one last quote that a mom sent in that I'd like to share. And she said, don't push yourself. Take breaks when you need to. It's okay to be exhausted. You're perfectly made for your baby. Every pregnancy is different. So be easy on yourself. You're doing great, mama. I love that. That's a really sweet way of putting it. I I would also say just listen to your body. You know your body better than anyone else. And if you're tired, your body will tell you, rest up. And if you're hungry, your body will say, eat. And if healthy foods suddenly taste terrible, don't force yourself to eat them. Listen to your body. If something hurts or it's bothering you, listen up and speak up. Thanks, Heidi, so much for answering all these questions today. We actually had a lot more, and we're going to do a follow-up with some of our very TMI questions. I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, me too. My favorite kind of question. See you then. for listening. Remember, I'm always here for you. What to expect is always here for you. We're all in this together. For more on what you heard on today's episode, visit whattoexpect.com slash podcast. You can also check out what to expect when you're expecting, what to expect the first year, and the what to expect app. And we want to hear from you. Connect with us on our community message board or on our social media. You can find me at Heidi Murkoff and Emma at Emma Bing WTE. And of course, at What to Expect. Baby Love is performed by Riley Beaterer. What to Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. In my arms, why don't you stay? Need ya, need ya, baby love, ooh, ooh, baby love. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. 
Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 